Hey, welcome back to the FDIC podcast. I'm Brian Sullivan at the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. And today we're going to look back at 2021 and how our nation's banks fared in a year that was still very much impacted by a global pandemic and its economic consequences. The FDIC has just come out with its latest quarterly banking profile, a report card of sorts on the condition of our nation's banks. And this quarter, the folks in the FDIC Research Division took a deep look into the entire year of 2021. And returning to the FDIC podcast to tell us what it all means are Pat Mitchell and Meg Hanrahan, two senior financial analysts who, along with the staff of others, produce this banking profile. Uh, Meg and Pat, welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Well, let's begin with you, uh, Pat. More than 4,800 FDIC-insured commercial banks and savings associations reported their aggregate net income was $64 billion in the fourth quarter of last year and $279 billion for all of 2021. Sounds like the banks are doing okay, right? Help us to put this into some context. What's driving all of these earnings? Sure. Yes, it was a good year for the banks. Um, especially from an earnings perspective. But getting behind those numbers, it becomes a little less clear and a little less positive. I'd still characterize it as positive overall. So first, the largest driver was a decrease, a significant reduction in provisions between 2020 and 2021. And the way that works is when you take uh, provisions, it's actually an expense and it reduces income. So the reduction uh, between 20 and 20 and 2021 actually resulted in an increase in net uh, Net income. So these provisions are what they set aside sort of as a rainy day fund. Sure. I think that's a fair way of characterizing it. Well, is it safe to say that if banks are provisioning less, earning more, does that mean they're more confident that they have sufficient reserves on hand to protect them against future credit losses? Yeah, absolutely. They definitely feel that, feel a lot more confident. Um, you know, and there's a good reason for that. If you think of 2020, we can all look back and think about how dark things seemed, how really uncertain. Yeah, at least in the first half. Right? Absolutely. And even in the second half, I mean, we were still having significant increases in, in, in coronavirus cases. Death, deaths were increasing. You know, you just started seeing the rollout of the, of the vaccinations. And so 2021, we've had significant rollout. Anybody really who's wanted access to the vaccination has received them. And you've seen a significant reopening of, of the economy. And that's resulted in really strong economic um, outcomes. You look at unemployment, unemployment's extremely low. You can see GDP growth has tended to either meet or exceed expectations throughout all of 2021. So all of that's resulted in a stronger economy than many people would have expected in 2020. Okay. And all of this played out in our banking industry. Now, in announcing these results, FDIC Acting Chairman Martin Grunberg did sound a cautionary note. Despite the positive trends, several challenges persist for the banking industry. The trajectory of the pandemic and its longer-term economic and banking industry effects remain uncertain. In addition, rising interest rates and geopolitical uncertainty could negatively affect bank profitability, credit quality, and loan growth going forward. In particular, rising interest rates could adversely impact real estate and other asset values and borrowers' repayment abilities. 
These will be matters of ongoing supervisory attention by the FDIC over the coming year. So, Pat, given what the uh, acting chairman just said, we're still optimistic, but you know we do have to be mindful that this coming year, the year ahead, still has some uncertainties. And golly, all you have to do is look at the news today, right? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And all of those uncertainties will, will play into into banks' um, decision making and also how they how they might provide for um, losses in the future. Right, right. Meg, uh, last year we talked about this thing called net interest margin and how important it was. It was at or near historic lows. First, remind us what is net interest margin and why is it so important. Well, the net interest margin reflects the net rate of return on the bank's earning assets. So it's the interest income less the interest expense, so what they earn on their loans and securities, less what they pay out on deposits, and you divide that by the earning assets, those assets that generate those earnings or cost those funds. And um, the reason why it's so important, it gives us a measurement as to what is the capacity of the bank, because those typically are the core areas where a bank will earn its money, what is the capacity of those earnings to cover other expenses? So we like to see a little higher number. And as you mentioned, yes, we were anticipating or we were seeing some very low numbers in 2020. We actually, though, hit the all-time low in the second quarter of 2021. Um, that's an all-time low for the uh, quarterly banking profile at 2.50%. this goes back to the 80s, right? 84, yeah, 1984. So it goes all the way back then. So that's the lowest level we've had since then. And... Um, what we did see it pop up a little bit in this fourth quarter. It's now at 2.56%, but still a very low number. So when it's compressed like that, then that might suggest that banks may not be earning more in interest to cover their expenses. That's right. What we are seeing, though, are some positive trends. I mean, one, one issue that's affecting the net interest margin is just we're in a very low interest rate environment. So your loans are being put on the books at lower rates. Uh, the banks also had a huge amount of deposits coming in. So they didn't have a lot of lending to do, so they were putting it in cash, which doesn't earn anything, or securities, which may be a lower-yielding uh, asset. So it was kind of a combination of the low-yielding or uh, low-rate environment as well as the mix in the assets on the balance sheet changed or brought down that net interest margin. But as I mentioned, it did go up uh, and it is at 2.56. So we'll see as you know banks begin to put more loans on the books or can uh, grow their securities portfolios that maybe we'll see that margin increase. And if that margin increases, is it more likely to increase in a higher interest rate environment? Yes. It will increase more in a higher rate environment, partly because now the banks will put on loans at a higher interest rate than they did before. They'll purchase securities that are at a higher interest rate than they were okay. before. The, the bonus on this period is deposit rates are at their all-time low also. Uh, the aggregate is only 0.15%. And there's so much in the, in the um, industry, banks may not feel compelled or pushed that they have to raise their deposit rates at the same time that they're raising their asset yield. So they may see their net interest margin rise without having to change deposit rates. So last year, I recall when we were talking about 2020, you said that really outside of the Paycheck Protection Program, banks really weren't doing a lot of 
of their own lending, right? Uh, demand was very low. People were staying inside, you know, after all. And, and public loans were being made to, to businesses through the Small Business Administration. Well, now that the Paycheck Protection Program is, is, is now behind us, or at least um, in, the, in the past, are banks getting back to lending they sure are. And and you kind of mentioned people staying at home. So one of the categories that's growing is credit cards. People are back out there using their credit cards, uh, spending again that we kind of really slowed down in 2020. So, But we saw uh, annual loan growth of 3.5% in 2021. And as you mentioned, Paycheck Protection uh, Program has ended. So what we're seeing with those loans is they're being paid back or forgiven, and they've declined uh, approximately $312 billion in 2021. So if we take those out, because uh, you know that's showing a negative to loans, but if we take those and, and exclude those loans, we actually see that the loans grew for the year 6.6%. Mm, so much habit. better. Yeah, yeah much yeah. better. So we're definitely seeing banks lending again. Mm. Pat, one of the big stories of 2020 was the big inflow of deposits into our bank. Meg just pointed that out. People, uh, as we mentioned, were staying inside and they were getting their stimulus payments and they were putting uh, their money into the bank in numbers that we hadn't seen. Uh, is that still happening or is deposit growth slowing down? Yeah, so it's slowing down, but it still remains strong. So in particular, even in 2021, first quarter, you still had a lot of that and that you still had some large uh, stimulus payments that went into the into the system. But even throughout the rest of 2021, we've seen strong growth, not as strong, slower, but very strong. Um, so deposits really have uh, provide the banks with a lot of flexibility, as Meg, Meg mentioned, um, and really provides them a lot of liquidity. Right. And that's what they need if times were to to go, you know, turn around on us. Yeah, and in fact, right? the, the higher interest rate environment that we talked about, I mean, what's what's unclear is how depositors might react in that environment. But the banks have, as Meg mentioned, the banks have so much, uh, so many deposits right now that they have a lot of flexibility in terms of uh, deciding what to do with those deposits. Now, not every bank is the same, of course. Some are more heavily geared toward credit cards, as you mentioned, uh, uh, ag lending, you know, the farm banks out there, uh, some are deeply invested in home mortgages or commercial real estate. When you look at 2021, Pat, do any of these portfolios leap out at you as, as doing very well or maybe we should be looking at? The answer is yes. We, we, we want to look at them all. I mean, this is just that this is our nature. However, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, there are some that stand out more than others. The consumer right now, as we've talked about, appears strong. Um, our farmers have actually had a very good year. Um, and, and then when you look at the the, re, the real estate market, we all see it's very strong right now. So, again, we worry about them all. But the one I'd say that we're most focused on right now, really, in terms of trying to see how it will play out is the commercial real estate market. Right. So when you think of that, you think of all the people that have changed their behavior in terms of not going in the office, um, in terms of teleworking more. And how will that affect office space um, ultimately? And how will that play out in the commercial real estate market? Some of that still is still has to happen. Now, so far, uh, the performance has remained strong. But still, there's some of these transit, I'll call them transition back to the pandemic. It's still unclear uh, ultimately how office might be affected and retail and other areas. So I think that commercial real estate to me is probably the, the biggest question and the biggest um, unknown. Yeah. Well, Meg, you look at the performance of loans. Are people paying their loans back, right? They are. And they're doing that, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, they are. And that's probably part of the reason why the provisions have gone down so low. It's part of the economy. But also bankers thought, oh, the, all these customers are going to go delinquent with this pandemic. They're, the businesses are going to close. That's why this. we saw provisions yeah. shoot up and, last year. And the year. reality is now we have a very low non-current rate. It's 0.89 percent. So loans are performing very well. Every portfolio has seen declines in their non-current loans. So, you know, a lot of good performance. So, but, you know, we are pessimists sometimes. So with Pat, we do have some concerns about some portfolios. Right. Well, you guys are born to look at things this way, right? So, and of course, once again, all we have to do is turn on our TVs to see the global uncertainty that's taking place and how that might shake out in our own economy. Now that we've talked about 2021 and and it seems like everything's on firm footing, are there any challenges we should be mindful of? I mean, the the acting chairman, you know, pointed out some, but you know, what I asked you this last year, Meg, what keeps you up at night? I would say probably for me it it's you know, if rates uh, rise, that's going to be some concerns for us. There are a couple things. You know, net, our, we do hope that the net interest margin will increase. But again, as I kind of talked about the mix of the balance sheet, uh, 40% of the assets on balance sheets reprice or mature in more than three years, meaning if rates go up, they're going to stay at the rate that they're currently at. Mm-hmm. So that's a concern. That's not going to help the net interest margin. We also saw uh, that some of the medium or long-term rates uh, rose in the last quarter of 2021. And we saw that securities portfolios at these banks had depreciation. So if that continues, securities that were previously purchased may see more great, you know, greater depreciation and, and hurts potentially affects some banks' liquidity position. So that's definitely something we're going to be looking at is what is going to be the effect. And that may slow down loan lending too. If people feel rates are getting too high, they may not be able to afford to buy that new house at the new rate right. or refinance their corporate debt. Pat, what are your cautionary notes for 2022? You know, I think Meg caught them all. I mean, obviously, we're all watching the geop- geopolitical landscape, and that that's obviously front and center. Uh, but between the net interest margin being at the lowest level, the risk of higher uh, higher interest rates, and, and the commercial real estate, as I mentioned, I think those those are those are the things that that are probably biggest on my mind in terms of looking at 2022. Well, I want to thank you both for coming back again as you did last year to give us a tour down, you know, the the year that was. Um, Megahan Rahan and Pat Mitchell, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much, Brian. Thanks, Brian. 